1: Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself yourself a Gun, gun, a Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and and talk talk about about it. it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much again for listening. This is, uh, once again, your gentle reminder to give us five stars and a review on the good old podcast app that... Apple has um, it got some great reviews last week. Uh, you guys are, really, you know, you're 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 really not coming through uh, <laughs> in the clutch here. Um, th- there was like two, and I just I would like to reach multiple thousands of reviews a week. Is that so much to ask? Mm. Probably, but the lot. point is, is yeah. But a little bit less than that would also be acceptable. So, yeah, do it. Give us a, a review and fucking, you know, just uh, say something mean. I don't care as long as it's five stars. All right. With that out of the way, that important piece of business, Um, today, Vince and I are going to be talking about, from season five of The Sopranos, episode six, Sentimental Education. And our guest today is a returning pod yourself a gun champion she was on the first ever season of this podcast and i believe that she's gonna be just wowed and in <laughs> awe of all of the improvements we have made on this show since then ladies and gentlemen you know her as the producer and podcast host of ethnically ambiguous our guest today is anna Hosnier. Hi!
2: Yay. What's
1: up? How you or doing? Or should
2: I say, ciao? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm
1: sorry. You should, because it's, it's an Italian show. Uh, yeah.
2: So, also, I figured there's so much racism going on in this show. I was like, you know what? Come in hot. coming in with hot with Italian uh, racism.
1: Yeah, just right off top, I would like you to um do some reverse racism on Italians. Because, yeah. you know, they really... Mm-hmm. They really hand it to uh, a lot of other races in this episode, uh, specifically. <laughs> it's pretty, yes. uh, pretty racist. But uh, before we get into that, Anna, can you tell me? Do you uh, like The Sopranos? Yes. All right. Good interview. <laughs> Good interview. On. We got that. On. Look,
2: What's, I watched it uh, yeah. when it was happening in real time. You watched in okay. real time. Yes, because my dad was like, like on all you do, yeah, while I was being filmed, my dad was like, all you do is watch trash TV. Mm-hmm. You should watch stuff like M.A.S.H. or The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> so guess what? I've seen every episode of M.A.S.H. and I've
1: seen every episode of The Sopranos. Oh,
3: shit. I mean, Th- those... your dad had good taste in TV. Like, you can't really fault those choices.
1: Two of the best yeah. shows, you know? Yeah. I've never actually seen a single episode of M.A.S.H. That's got what? Alan Alda, right? Oh, my God. You're yeah. so young. I, it's not even that I'm young. I think it's it's first of all, it's not like Mash was making new episodes when you were young,
3: right, Vince? No, but it was on a lot. There was there was Hot Lips. There was uh, oh. Radar. He, he was a uh-huh. disabled actor. They never showed his hand. Uh, there was that oh. one guy who dressed like a girl. Uh, forget his name. He uh, really? Yeah. Uh, and then they had two what? different. Majors. One of them had like a fishing cap, and then another guy was just yeah. gray-haired.
1: Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well So that's it, so it, an interesting cast. As far as I know about that show, it's set in like the Korean War. Yeah. Which is like one uh, of those wars yeah. that
3: you're like, oh yeah. Which ties into to this episode. Yeah, you could call Sopranos. this episode.
1: Yeah, this is the Korean War episode of the Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: um, I will say the first yeah. What was his name? Uh, Henry Blake, who was Alan Alda's friend. Uh He passed away. He was replaced. Um, But uh, I met his wife once and I fucking lost my mind. And I was like, your your husband's who? (laughs) All my friends my age were like, you're out of control and i was like that is that's mclean stevenson's wife she was a docent at she volunteered at a museum i worked at Uh. and i would i would specifically ask to be uh you know scheduled to work on days she was scheduling so i could just talk to her about mash
1: did she
2: did she enjoy talking about mash Uh, i don't know her husband died so i don't know if she was like really feeling me but (laughs) It didn't really matter at the time because I was feeling me like I feel like I was the only person in my age group who was devastated when I learned Alan Alda had Parkinson's. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, it- I was like, you can. He's a national treasure. I've read all his books. Yes. Mm. Starting from Never Have Your Dog Stuffed and Things I've Overheard While Talking to Myself.
1: Wow. OK. I, uh, wow.
2: I don't- My dad created like an Alan Alda monster. And uh, in the end, love Sopranos as well,
1: because my dad tells me what to do. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, the I've never that's, heard that's of. Uh, so-
3: we're going to score one for the patriarchy there.
1: Yeah. I mean, occasionally, yeah. this is why I say, you know, mansplaining is OK, because men know stuff, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Okay. when in like, all the dad- talks,
3: you freaking write it down so you can have yeah. another book. Exactly. Does he? When did the
1: Parkinson's <laughs> thing come out? Did that happen recently? Yeah, it was pretty recently. But I was devastated. He's very so old. So is my father. <laughs> I mean, he's a very old man. Yeah, he's a podcast. Does he? Is it the Alan yeah, Alda show? Does. uh no. What is it called? Are you a Patreon Alan... subscriber of Alan Alda's podcast?
2: <laughs> if there was one, I would be. So I don't understand what the joke <laughs> this, is. Um, <laughs> no when joke. We, when we were in uh, Australia, this.
3: An older Australian man told like a a string of like 10 pretty offensive jokes. And, uh, you know, we're sitting around the campfire and I told one about like the old people at the nursing home where the punchline is someone having Parkinson's and he was just quiet for a second. and He goes, oh, I have Parkinson's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And it was that's like, like my funnier than all his other jokes. It was great. It's
1: very funny with the accent. Yeah. I mean, that's what really sells it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh,
2: okay. His podcast is called Clear and Vivid.
1: Oh, okay. Well, hmm. I mean, f- for now. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love him. My I, sweet baby angel. I love him, too. He's in one of my all time favorite movies, The Aviator.
2: No, uh, that cannot be one of your all time favorites.
1: Why am I the only one who likes this movie? It's such a good movie. He flies the planes they make a movie. Come in with the milk. Come in with the milk. Uh, Come in God. with the milk. Way of the future. Anyways, well,
2: I'll be real with you. Only reason I saw that movie is because Alan Alda's in it. I'm dead serious. Took my friends. They were like, why are we seeing this? We were in like junior high and I was like, Alan Alda's in it, you bitches. (laughs) uh,
1: (laughs) You know, here I am. But this is not a mash Alan Alda podcast. (laughs) No, I wish it was. Uh, i know you wish it was so do i at this moment but no it's not it is a sopranos podcast the only sopranos podcast in the world thank you very much and uh we cannot officially begin the podcast until we first hear the theme song
4: you <laughs>
1: Pod Pod <laughs> Podcast Pod 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 Podcast All righty-roo, ladies and gentlemen. always kills me. Man. Always kills me. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad uh, because, you know, it stopped being funny like two seasons ago. And then uh, every once in a while, a guest will laugh and I'll be like, thank you. (laughs) Because
2: when I watch the show, when they talk, I go pod with the actual TV show because of this. It just makes me, it's just the lack of enthusiasm in the voice just fucking gets me every time.
1: I like to, I like to undersell when I do the pods. Um, But today we are going to be talking about Sopranos season five, episode six, sentimental education. Uh, this episode premiered April 11th, 2004. Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis?
3: I sure can. Um, Carmella has another furtive romance collapse while Tony B throws away a chance to turn his life around.
1: Oh, my God. Spoiler alert By in the, way,
3: the fucking synopsis. First, first of all, another furtive romance? I'm pretty sure this is her first furtive romance. Like, th-
1: No, I think Tony Soprano was.
3: <laughs> well, I don't I, think that was exactly uh,
1: furtive, was it? I, I, my
3: issue is I don't know what furtive means.
2: Yeah, i neither. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it means that's, like sneaky, like you're uh, sneaking around. You're fur- okay, furtive.
1: So, oh, all right. So the first furtive romance was. Like, you know when uh, you
3: when it's uh, when you're going to take oh, a bath and you light all those furtive candles. Furio. <laughs> it was Furio. F- maybe, furio. yeah, maybe that's what they mean. But see, Furtive-io. Furio. And Carmela, they never even kissed. Like that doesn't count as romance.
2: No, it's, yeah, but to they me, were having an
1: emotional affair. Yeah, they were but to me those things affair. aren't
3: important. It's whether, uh, oh, whether, what, whether what bases P they and get you. The
1: yeah, yeah. You got to know a base. If it doesn't fit in baseball lingo, then cheating never occurred. Then
3: it, yeah, it doesn't count.
1: Ooh, them's them's the rules. Uh, which is why you know, Vince, if your wife ever uh fell in love, uh, had an emotional affair with. A strong uh, Italian immigrant, you'd be like, "Hey, as long as P doesn't go in VG, and there's yeah, no, no that base sounds, to assign, it sounds
3: great." Someone else is, uh, you know, doing some of the uh, communicative of the he- work. communicative heavy lifting around here. It sounds like a I can't load imagine. off my shoulders. <laughs>
2: I can't imagine. I would love that. You see your wife, you're like, "Is she talking to Furio?" <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Is that- what are you doing oh. talking to Furio? Um, Furio. He's, For, Furio. I call him Furio. I like Furio. saying
2: all the names like so ob- obnoxiously Italian. Furio.
1: Yeah. Furio. Um, Furio. But, uh, but before we, we get into into that, um, you know, uh, what was happening, Vince, at the time that this episode
3: came out? That's right, Matt. I mean, of course, we cannot evaluate any art uh, without knowing the cultural context in which it was released. And this episode... Which was actually directed by Peter Bogdanovich, uh, not sure if you knew that. Uh, mm-hmm. Written by Matthew Weiner of Mad Men fame,
1: of Mad Men fame. Well, of Ugh.
3: Sopranos fame first, and sure. Then into yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah, he doubled down into Mad Men fame. Uh, this was uh, this came out April eleventh, two thousand four. Oh, uh, I should probably play the bumper. Oh uh, yeah, you should. What? What? Remember
4: Remember. Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation.
3: Yeah, you missed your cue on account of I didn't say the name of the segment. Right. And for that, you owe me an apology. Um, Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So, right, we're taking you all the way back to April 11th, 2004. Uh, Some of the things that were happening, Phil Mickelson uh, won his first master's. Uh, on Phil his. Mickelson. Good old okay. Phil Mickelson. Still going He's, strong. Is he still going strong? Yeah, he won a major this year at age 51. Gol- oldest ever. That's
1: crazy. Golfers really never... like Getting old doesn't really matter so much.
3: As, Unless you're Tiger like, Woods. Well, but... It, so much Tigers because of getting addicted to like opiates or something.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's not so much age as it was like, you know, pussy. <laughs> that, was, that was his downfall. Was pussy. Won that pussy.
2: Well, also his father continuously cheating on his mother in front of him. Yeah, basically. It's like I said, yeah, pee.
3: but he was That's doing that pee. when Tiger was young. That was that was all fine yeah, until well, uh, you know it wasn't. I he's guess. he's genetically predisposed to loving peasy, <laughs> Yeah. Some of the other stories uh, that were happening around this time. These aren't very good stories. I'm just going to say it uh, <laughs> right know, off the bat. Uh,
1: it's for- 85 degrees right now inside of Vince's house. A little <laughs> little behind the scenes stuff uh, for for all you listeners out there. It's 85 degrees because his uh, your AC broke. Yeah, right?
3: which is fine because i live in fresno which is only 102 degrees today um right
1: and then also uh Ooh. your computer is acting all funky so i'm actually uh playing playing the clips today which uh
3: it honestly kind touch- of strikes me as kage <laughs> it's touch and go so far uh this is from uh the la times uh milk price is going up due to reduced supply god you really scream. <laughs> 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 yeah this was oh. really like I feel a like this minute. is I, I feel like I feel like you could write this story anytime. I feel like every three days there's a story about uh someone's mad about some the price of whatever pork going up two dollars uh, it's
1: it's always funny when it's milk too because it's yeah. just one of those products where it's like I imagine like i I've, I've done it I've been in the store what you do is you go Jesus. And then you buy the milk. <laughs> yeah, these <'Cause, 'cause... laughs> prices are out of control. Jesus Christ! Thirty more cents. Fuck!
2: It's like really, it's really sad because like milk like doesn't even see like oat milk coming.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, I know maybe they, coming they do for the crown. Consumers can as soon Ooh. expect to pay fifty cents more for a gallon of milk due to a combination of smaller herds, higher feed and <laughs> beef prices, less growth hormone, hormone on the market, and the emergence of mad cow disease. Jesus
4: Christ!
3: <laughs> no nope, prices reached a 25-year low last year, but are rebounding to record highs in 2004, helped by a reduction in supply. Oh, man. You know,
1: I th- maybe I'm, call me crazy, Vince, mm. but maybe every week you should save the Remember One Machine like fact-gathering for the last 10 minutes, like right
3: before. <laughs> Wait, you know, yeah. this yeah. is the best one I've ever done? That's
1: a pretty good one. I
2: really yeah, enjoy I... it. I would leave it until, like, when you leave, you let the guests leave, and then it's just YouTube. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs>
3: uh, Sorry. Top movies in the country. Uh, Passion of the Christ is back on top. I forgot to mention, this is uh, Easter weekend, I believe, uh, in oh, 2004, wow. and Passion of the Christ is... Back on top, everybody wanted to go. <laughs> they were like, you know what? Yeah, you know how we can celebrate uh, Jesus being reborn by watching him be brutally killed for two hours. People love it.
1: The yeah. Christians love. It's their favorite thing to watch. Is their literal God being murdered? It's that the, just
3: it's the persecution. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, we uh, like to cry. Passion of the Christ, followed by Hellboy, Johnson Family Vacation, <laughs> The Alamo, and Walking uh-huh. Tall. Can you imagine Hellboy at the same time as Passion of the crowds, <laughs> That is, out? You know, I didn't even think of the connection until now. I just love that. It's, when uh, you think like, about it, Jesus was the original Hellboy. He, that's true. He
1: fucking, he had to file down his horns because he's trying to be good. But the Jew horns, you
3: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was what that story was about.
1: That is what that's
3: we right. do. We
2: file down our horns. Uh, Who played who played Hellboy? Was it...
3: Ron uh, Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman.
2: Perlman. Yeah. Pearl Doggy. Surprised he was never in Sopranos,
3: Ronnie was he? Pearl Diver. Yeah, uh, he
1: never He never was. He did He did have the face uh, for it, but he's too, he like, uh, you know, k- Ukrainian Jewish for it. I think, like... For he what? Uh, to be in the Sopranos is like a guido. Oh. Like, there are Jewish, you he know, mafioso characters. He could like, an Ra-
3: Israeli, like, uh, enforcer no, kind of guy.
1: It, yeah, I guess he could. He's kind of, like, mm. you know but no nah, he, he's very um <laughs> uh, he's got that neanderthal like fucking brow that i yeah. find very cool
3: yeah he's <laughs> i mean i'm not a girl but he's he seems ugly hot to me yeah <laughs> anna as our resident y'all girl today,
2: are <laughs> wild uh, Ron Perlman looks like If you gave like a brick Arms and legs
3: <laughs> Yeah
2: You know what I love it I'm so horny <laughs> yeah,
3: <that's laughs> I mean, what I'm Like he's not attractive But he's like sturdy looking you know Yeah he looks like he has a thicky yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He's got that that sticky vibe, vibe. No, I think he's got the live oak dick like Willem Dafoe with like little, you know, swirls and gnarls on it. Like he has like a varicose vein like right in the middle of it. He's what are the, the top songs? <laughs> he's got that walking stick dick. What can I say? Uh top songs were uh Still Burned by Usher was the top uh Ooh, uh, top yeah. pop song and uh, figured you out by Nickelback. Top top rock song, still on
1: top. All one. right, so that is the Remember When machine. That is very important context to get into this episode. You need to know the price of milk to understand this mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. You if you need didn't to know, know that yeah.
3: 2004 was like a high watermark for the milk price, uh, yeah, index. Without yeah. knowing that, is there a way to you, bet on that? Like, can you buy milk futures on the stock market? I wouldn't do it.
1: I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I bet you could do it, and that part of me is like,
3: well, you should do it. Like you know, uh, if you were like the Chinese Communist Party, say, and you wanted to release some mad cow disease. Uh, oh, and short the stock, and short the stock by okay. make that make like like, that price milk price go up because they don't they don't like the milk. The milk's like come in arty. with the milk.
1: Come in with the milk. Come in with the milk. Aviator. Um, all right, <laughs> so. <laughs> God, you and the <laughs> aviator, man. So let's let's uh, hop into this episode. The aviator, Vince...
3: starring Matt Lieb. Uh...
1: <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, you asked for it. As Vince said, uh, the synopsis of this episode from IMDb, uh, Carmella has another furtive romance collapse while Tony B throws away a chance to uh, turn his life around. A lot of spoilers in that one. Didn't much like it. Um, and I never liked the synopses, which is why every week On this fair podcast, I do my own synopses, uh, the Bada Bee stories.
3: I don't know if I like you having control of the sound drops. It feels like like it feels, you know how uh newspapers need that firewall between editorial and and sales? Absolutely. Uh, I feel like that's what this podcast needs, like a firewall between uh, the clips that you made and Yeah, no,
1: totally. It's too much power for one man. That's right. Yeah. It's uh, honestly, it's. I feel like it's, <laughs> that joke will make sense at some point <laughs> Anyways, um, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you And since Vince doesn't have control of it I will say this is a two minute long Bada B stories I fought my dad yesterday He threw my fucking breakfast away I swear I'll kick his ass one of these days. Was we'll hoping I could move back home, home with my mom and Sopranos. Sopranos. Episode 6 of Season 5. Carmella finally has a sex life. Luckily for her, Tony can't read all the signs. Mr. Wiggler is a yeah, and Mr. Wiggler factor your wife. There's Kim accusing Tony B. Of stealing one of his trucks full of laundry. But then he
4: sees
1: some studying, want to start a business, big success journey. Call me Blended o. call me Tony B, call me Tony's cousin, Tony Uncle Al. Call me a masseur, call me Henry Ford, call me a criminal, show me the window. AJ, Carmella, AJ is trying just look at the essay he's writing. He's reading The Lord of the Flies, and okay, he might be plagiarizing. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Butterbeak. Now Wegler will beg her to read Bovary. He's a regular handler to her, Heloise. Now Fagala Wegler is sleeping with she. But why did she leave? Carmella feeling hella guilty. guilty. So Wegler helps they take it See? Carmella used her only weapon, her pussy. Call me Carmella. Call me Eloise. Call me manipulative Madame Bavari. Call me a sinner. Call me divorcee. But don't talk about my pussy. You better watch your back. Call yourself a God! Please leave us a review on iTunes. August. All right, well.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: can I just, before you continue, <laughs> yeah. who, what, who pruders that? Who, who what does what who name? produced that and I, who's singing that's me and I okay, produced now, it okay now why would you be wasting your time on this fucking podcast <laughs> when you are creating masterpieces like that I don't know <laughs> I mean here's, you know. Here, here's my advice to you yeah get rid of this Vince guy this is all about yeah. you man he I can't, make the, I can't <laughs> I'm I'm make the parody joking. songs
3: I'm just here <laughs> I'm just here I'm finding sorry, articles about
2: milk <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you you don't need Vince man this is all about you. First this is all about of all, about you and your pa- your soprano parody songs. This with, is
1: an industry, okay? Without Vince, I'd have been dead long ago, and I'm a I'm a man. It's of- true.
2: Vince is actually. Um, I know one thing about Vince that his nickname was DNA. Isn't that weird? <laughs> How I just always remember that about you. Anyway. So I think Vince is great.
3: Uh, <laughs> you can I tell can, them, Vince. I, I assume I told that story when we were frotting with you. Yeah, it was because uh, I was born with a hair that's half curly an, an ex- and half straight and the guys on my basketball team call me DNA because they said I had fucked up DNA.
1: Oh, and, I thought uh, it was
3: because you had an extra chromosome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, I don't know. Make, I always just remember
2: that. Makes the hair curl. No, that's and Sometimes fair. to Jack and Miles, I'll be like, oh, I got to get DNA back on. And uh, <laughs> I love that. I really do. I don't, even, I don't even remember your name sometimes. I'm like, who was DNA? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I know who you are. But I just thought, I just never forgot that. And so anyway, that's that's reason enough to keep you around
3: with your weird hair. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. That, that no, makes it me is. happy. As long as I'm remembered for something other than milk <laughs> prices. Yeah, no, I remember milk you for prices. the milk prices
1: and for your hair. And for th- loads of other things. But uh, yeah, no, it's true, dude. Like fucking that. Honestly, as I was doing it, I was like. You know, a lot of famous artists toiled in obscurity Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. the remainders of their lives until someday someone discovered and said, holy shit, this is a fucking Basquiat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Or this is a Picasso. Nobody knew who he was.
2: So you think you're gonna die, and forty years after you die, or something, someone's like, "Guys, have you heard of this show, The Surprise?"
1: <laughs> yes, and then they're gonna People be like, "People are writing Whoa.
2: parody songs about it."
1: Yeah, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's that uh, that that very old man, Little Nas X." <laughs> He, he used to be young and do a song. <laughs> but you can only hear the songs if you listen to this podcast. And you can only understand the songs if you also watched the TV episodes specifically. Anyways, we got to talk about <laughs> it. It's one of the great episodes of I, The yeah Sopranos. I think
3: this is one of my favorites. I mean, this one has got multiple arcs that all yes. pan out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I've said this before like Prestige TV now I feel like they know like there there's no um they know that people are going to keep watching so they don't feel the need to close story arcs like within a single episode but right. this one uh like there's things that keep going and keep happening and set up future episodes of course but yeah. these are like multiple complete story arcs like contained in this episode and they're uh, all equally compelling
1: uh, com- completely agree. I mean, it's it's it really is Sopranos firing on all c- cylinders. It has some of the, the funniest scenes uh, that uh, you know this season. Uh, it also has like some of my favorite
3: heartbreaking one. Like I- yes, my I- favorite. This is Thoughtco my this shit. is my first rewatch. I hadn't actually watched, I hadn't rewatched the Sopranos since I watched it in its initial run. Uh, so like my first rewatch is has been for the show. This, and there yeah, are things podcast. that I didn't remember, but uh that whole scene with uh the whole arc with Kim and Tony, Tony B. I remember that whole thing. And just, re- I remember it like kind of crushing me a little bit just because yeah. like, he, you, they set Tony B up as this guy that you, uh like he clearly is nicer and um he's intelligent. He's, and he has, he's a, also, he has a greater uh, emotional el- intelligence than the other characters. And you kind of want to see him, succeed and then uh this episode just was like no he's a piece of shit too
1: that's why like for me the uh the alternate title for this episode is uh just when i thought i was out um (gasps) because you know the he's pulled back into the life in this episode um uh, unfortunately
3: for for him um you know through like a complete like deus ex machina like coincidence thing like it's yeah i mean i think they would tell most writers that you don't want to write like some you don't want the plot to hinge on some like crazy coincidence or something like that yeah this one they throw like a giant a giant coincidence uh out of left field thing in there uh and it totally works it, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it, it fucks up his life in a way that it like totally makes sense. The same way lotto winners, you know, get their lives fucked up. Um, but it, in a way, it's so much sadder because he finds $12,000, which is, uh, I mean, Nothing. it'd be great. I would love to fall ass backwards into a bag uh, filled with $12,000.
3: Um, but Matt, it's if like, you discovered like a bag full of heroin and money on the street, like what do you think would happen to your life?
1: I don't know. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Fra- Fra- I got to go. I got to get
3: Francesca. <laughs> Sorry, just. Stay right there. For the listeners, uh, Matt, Matt's fiance, Francesca, texted me t- <laughs> to tell Matt that she's outside of their apartment right now.
1: <sighs> Podcast
3: like you as an ex heroin addict, if you were walking down the street and you know, something like this happened where some drug dealers were fleeing the police and flung a bag of heroin and money at your feet, wh- what would that, what would it do to your life?
1: Um, I mean, it depends. I mean, first of all, the money goes directly into Bitcoin. We all know that. <laughs> sure. Oh God. Uh, well, yeah, dude, cause that's, that's going to be worth more money Invest in Ethereum. It's easier. That's Bitcoin. That's what I said.
2: No, Bitcoin is Bitcoin and Ethereum is Ethereum. God, you're so infuriating. They're all
1: bitcoins. <laughs> Anyways, someone someone doesn't know about Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, obviously it's the girl. Um uh, <laughs> No, I would uh yeah, I mean I've I've often had the fantasy of like uh stumbling into like a giant car wreck on the side of a mountain that is a flipped over Walgreens truck. And it's just like, it's just packing like thousands of Dilaudid pills mm-hmm. in okay. big, like, you know, those like uh, protein size yeah. you know, uh, yeah. like a whey jar, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like a, a bunch way of. A jar. That's so relatable. A whey
2: jar. You know what?
1: Go ahead. <laughs> You guys know what uh, it, it's a jar of
3: of protein,
2: whatever. Oh, uh, what, what are you, my mom?
1: <laughs>
2: okay. I went to Costco. I have a few extra whey jars. I mean, a <laughs> lot of people like those, take one. My
3: favorite Sylvia Plath novel.
1: Fuck <laughs> <laughs> all y'all. Um, no, like I, I've had that fantasy and it's what, what's interesting yeah. is that in this particular case, um, he throws out the drugs when he when Tony B finds it. He throws them out immediately mm-hmm. and yeah. is like, oh, "Are you happy?" Uh, and he still fucks up his life because it's the money is the drug. If you, you understand, art. yeah, because money is a drug. If you think about it. Mm. Anyways, yeah. but let's uh, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We start off this episode with uh, Tony B, um, you know, working his day job, uh, trying to be you know a square citizen. Um, of like, you know, loading up laundry, cleaning laundry, it's some sort of laundry service and, uh, it gets stolen. It gets jacked right in front of him. He chases after it and he scrapes his knee. And, uh, this episode really,
3: uh, relies on New Jersey being just like a crime ridden hellscape. There's kids, uh, just like stealing vans to go joyriding. People are throwing drugs on the street. Joey
2: writing early two thousands. Okay, it's just how it was in Jersey. I know. This, seriously, this, this
3: is kind of like uh, in this economy with milk prices the way they are. Yeah, I feel like this is this episode is like what Republicans think like Portland or uh, San Francisco is like. This is. This is literally how J.D. Vance
1: describes every city that's ever
3: existed in the United <laughs> yeah.
1: States. It's always just like, oh, you know, I, I'm about to go to the uh, to New York City. How many guns should I bring from all the all for all the criminals? Yeah, it's was like, like,
3: like wasn't your whole shtick like growing up in Appalachia and writing a book about how all your relatives were like sh- shooting each other and and on heroin?
1: <laughs> oh, they were all criminals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there were white criminals. It's different, bro you know that's the thing um it's safe crime it's it's victimless crime mm-hmm. except for all the victims when
3: mima um, lights Peepaw on fire that is uh that's yeah. that's just mischief that's good good old family mischief that's
1: good old fashioned fun you don't understand that and you don't understand us mm, squeedly deedly deedly deed anyways um, <laughs> so uh yeah so he skin, he skins his knee and then uh we get to meet uh, Mr. Kim for the first time on this show uh, and he is the uh, We met him before
3: haven't we? we we just haven't he hasn't had much uh, dialogue yeah no he hasn't said much he's
1: definitely been on the other side of a phone in a previous episode mm-hmm. um, and uh, but I don't know if we No, I don't think we have I don't think we've actually met Mr. Kim uh, at least to any big extent or if we have it was just incredibly briefly Um but, yeah, we, we meet him for the first time, and uh, he is kind of mad at, uh, you know, at Tony B. And I have a clip.
4: So, Bandino, why you fuck me like this? fuck you talking about? I no forget you professional criminal. I didn't take your truck. I lost my study guide, my fucking flashcards. Sick of this fucking prejudice against ex-cons. I never hire you if I don't need Tony Soprano for union not for him i show you the fucking window
3: i show you the window is you know it's a pretty it's pretty good pretty cool line yeah i mean because it's like
1: he's not gonna be like hey look outside the window you see that right that's a guy that's a guy with an ar-15 and it's like no he means like he's gonna throw you out the
3: window Mm -hmm. i think he's kind of threatening defenestration
1: yeah exactly Mm
3: -hmm.
2: this is like so perfectly sad (laughs) i just think it's i for for one i forgot Buscemi was in soprano so it's good to see him yeah but then like this whole character arc like as soon as i saw him i was like no yeah i mean it was like it's this episode and then like they're just so like one it's like you got the stereotypical asian boss (laughs) yeah who's like you know and like he's he has prejudice towards ex-cons. All of a sudden, this ex-con who's about to say some racist shit to him is offended by his... Pre- it's just, like, yeah. such a shit show of, like, just evil people. Yeah. God, this show is wild. It's, it's wild, wild yeah. what well, they it got takes away the with. Char-
3: it takes, like, the two characters who, like, you most want the best for, and it shows mm-hmm. you why they can't have good things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This makes me and, sad. And what's interesting, too, is, like, the, the like mr kim is a like infinitely mockable character in terms of if you are an italian guido mm. and you're talking to mr kim you want to do racism to him immediately <laughs> I you know no what the hell no you know it's like like throughout this whole episode like, everyone is doing these, like, anti-Asian, like, jokes, basically. Like, there, there's yeah. some dog-eating jokes that happen. Oh,
2: everyone makes a joke about eating pets. Yeah. I mean, I think that was so great,
3: the way they played that, because, yeah. like, when, uh you know, when Tony first comes in and he makes the joke, you could kind of read that as... Oh, like the the creators of this show think maybe think that's funny. But then right. when Christopher comes in and makes the same shitty joke, <laughs> it's, same very, joke. it's very clear that the point is uh, that they both uh, are making the same shitty jokes.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, there's a pet groomer out there in case someone gets hungry. And they literally yeah. both do the same goddamn joke.
3: <laughs> And, and also, Chris
1: is like you know talking about like Kung, Kung Pao Coochie, and uh, at one point, Roe uh, is just randomly starts crying about uh, a Jackie Jun- Jackie Junior, and then randomly just says the c word uh, talking about Asians. Like, geez, yeah, was- I
3: feel like this was the first time it had ever been established that the cover story for Jackie was that he got killed by like Asian gangs or something. Like, I don't. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, wasn't yeah. he living like it? Didn't they put him up in the uh, like black housing project specifically so that they could blame uh, them for it? Or no, he was yeah. hiding out in them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, he was hiding out in them, but I think it was at first implied, it was supposedly implied that he was killed by some like black gang members, mm-hmm. you know, black drug dealers. But gang then bangers, yeah. you know? gang. They used gang to have bangers. those. They don't have those yes. so much anymore. Yeah, because they 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 are not just members; they also bang. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Wait, so just a reminder: they
2: told her that's what happened.
1: Uh, someone the had Jackie. to have told her that. We're left to okay. assume okay. that.
3: Yeah, based right. on this.
1: Yeah, because well, we never saw that happen. No, no, we never saw it. I mean, you see uh, Vito kills Jackie Jr., uh, just shoots him in the back of the head and then Right, that's what I recall. Has to squeeze himself back into a sedan. Um, (laughs) Like (laughs) It's uh, one of the many instances of uh, the Sopranos doing death really funny. And just Um, taking any
3: (laughs) opportunity to make fun of fat people. (laughs) To make a fat
1: joke, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, Tony B is doing a really admirable job, not only just doing this, you know, square work, but also not, not being a piece of shit. He's not being racist to his boss. He doesn't say anything fucking racist. He's like very focused on his studies, you know, they come to a
3: begrudging respect with each other very fast. And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. maybe understanding is possible.
1: Right, yeah. And, uh, and, and so what ends up happening is that uh, Mr. Kim finds out that it was a joyride, uh, that Tony Blundetto had nothing to do with it. Blundino, he calls him because he's doing racism too. Um, and, uh, and then he offers him uh, a job. If you pass, then what do you do with this? Be a professional masseur.
4: You know, think of massage? kage? You know, small sauna.
1: Just real quick, uh, I had to turn on the subtitles for that. I thought he was asking him, "You don't think massage is like kind of gay?" That's what I thought he said. But then it turns out he said "massage a kage." Do you guys know what kage is?
3: I assumed it was a type of massage or like a massage parlor, but I didn't. Uh, I, didn't I didn't pursue or research it further. Okay.
1: Did anyone Same. else think that he said kind of gay?
2: I did for a second, and then I was like, why would he say that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, for a second, that counts. All right. Yeah, I can see
4: it. What's the thing I get stuck with you, I think? Oh, shit, goddammit. Illegy American and criminal. Not good for Kim, but you. work for Kim and future. Like a Korean people. I wouldn't say that. I come from Korea, but I become just the boss. That's why I try to help you. I stick you the money in the storefront. My daughter. Very interest in a massage. She no like the physical therapy no more. Cripple people make her sad. You pass <laughs> test. then you, me,
3: my daughter, we make the big success journey. Okay? I mean, I- <laughs> there's so much heavy exposition going on in that scene. And, uh, and he, he pulls it off like just seamlessly.
1: It's, it's, yeah, it's really impressive because like, you know, at one point he's just talking about like, I came to America with one pair of shoes and uncle's address, you know, worse than prison. Like he's just going into his entire life story, but succinctly, which is an impressive, like, uh, he's doing the cliffs notes of his immigrant experience and all leading up to, Hey, you get your massage license. If you pass that test, Tony B, um, I'm going to turn my uh, my shitty travel agency uh,
3: into a massage parlor yeah. instead. You and ma- my daughter, who is made sad by cripples, can, can <laughs> <Yeah. live> together. <laughs> oh, I love my
2: that. lazy daughter, who's just ugh, over all these old fucks. <laughs> Like,
1: what? <laughs> it is kind of wild that, like, yeah. he, 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 you're right. There is so much exposition there. He's, a, he's just uh, like talking about how, oh, she's a physical therapist and she doesn't like it anymore, and crippled people make us sad. Like, whispering that because uh, I don't know. Uh, that's the one thing that he would find uh, a little bit much to say out loud. Um, I won't lie. It does kind of remind me of my own father before
2: he kind of like we, before years of me, and my siblings being like, you can't say that yeah. you <laughs> cannot say that. But early on, that's the kind of shit he would say before we had to be like, I'm not even joking. I'm right. sure I've heard my father make a joke about Asian people eating pets until we until we finally just kept being like, no, yeah. incorrect. <laughs> that's a stereotype. That's no, Years of yelling that in his face. And You're- now to this day, you see he's about to say something and he goes, you're right i should not say that he actually says it he says you're right i should not say that before he even says it uh-huh. because he can see us all turning to look at him right. and then he goes oh no you're right i won't say that yeah he's
3: just addressing his own uh, internal monologue yeah he
2: addressed he does it all the time that's what we know he's about to say something problematic you're like
3: the obi-wan kenobi uh hologram that just plays above Dude. his head before he says something the about the amount
2: Truly, the amount of shit my dad has said, and the amount of like, just imagine just like a hundred kids yelling in your face, <laughs> like,
1: that, you can't say that. <laughs> That's so funny.
2: That he's like, he's traumatized.
1: <laughs> but, you know, but it worked. T- in fairness, Literally. he had really good tastes in uh, television shows. So it all kind of worked out.
2: Yeah. He's like, these Sopranos, they get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. These Sopranos, they say <laughs> so it out all that lot. racist shit. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm like, wait.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, uh, Tony B takes uh, Mr. Kim's uh, offer and uh, just kind of like really gets him
3: going into like, I mean, I really got to pass this test. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's already studying really hard. He's got a lot of supportive people in in his life. He's got Mr. Kim. He's got his girlfriend. Uh, and then he also has Christopher who has taken like a weird <laughs> oh my God. interest uh in Tony B and the best part of that is uh, like even though this episode is like self-contained and has mm-hmm. complete arcs um like the subtext of this that relies on past episodes is like the context for Chris being or or, or like seeing himself, as uh, like the benevolent mentor is that in the very previous episode, he just like beat the shit out of his, his fiance. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's beat the shit is... out of his fiance and uh, like got drunk and shot up Tony's car and, and almost, almost got, got executed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it, but now he's all enlightened. It's really funny the well, way he talks. And you're like, you mother, you sat on a dog and, and, and you, yeah, yeah, you sat on a dog. You, you sat
1: a dog to death. And, yeah, you know, like it's one thing to sit on a dog; it's another thing to have that be its end. I but, yeah, I have to wonder,
3: Matt. Like being in yeah. recovery, like how many times do you meet someone who has like just oh dis- just discovered like introspection at the age of like thirty seven and yes. uh, suddenly yes. thinks that they're Buddha.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. it, it it happens a lot, and I will say that the the way that he is constantly sharing his recovery knowledge with people really tracks with a very specific type of uh person in recovery. It's the type of person who um, relapses a lot, but the, mm-hmm. as soon as they they have a put together a few days, a little bit of clean time, uh, they immediately start in on like
3: saying all of the platitudes mm-hmm. that they can possibly think of just like, drop, like yeah yeah faith, uh, fear knocked at the door faith answered there was no one there was there. There. no one like there. i had to rewind it to be like what the hell did he just say <laughs> that was the funniest i was like who, what
1: who are you talking to? yeah, yeah <laughs> who are you
3: talking to is the question like yeah who,
1: who are you who's this for it's uh, great because yeah.
3: it's like he is doing the director's commentary for his own life is kind of like mm-hmm, the yeah. way it comes off and it's great
1: uh, and and yeah I mean I there are people who like think that if you just memorize enough of the the sayings that we have in recovery that that alone will be the thing that keeps you uh you know from from relapsing and it absolutely isn't and uh you know obviously Chris is a prime example of that but yeah at this moment he is clearly sober he's is Clearly, rededicated himself to his recovery, and he's showing that by saying things to uh, Tony B, like "keep your eye on the tiger." Which <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I mean. I'm not even sure that is a recovery saying. Um, or he also says, you know, in recovery, we find out that people's expectations of them are are often because of their their own insecurities or something. It was it was just like one of those things where it's like. I don't think we re- specifically say that in recovery. Mm-hmm. I think that's just
3: something someone said in a meeting. I mean, this whole episode, like to draw back to like a single theme, it's all about people uh, not seeing each other, like people seeing what they want to see, people seeing like versions sure. of themselves, sure, uh, and or or like whatever, like f- they're they're seeing other people in ways that flatter them, mm-hmm. uh, and like mm-hmm. every single character in this episode is doing that. And uh, that's
1: true. Yeah. It's again, it's the, he is kind of doing director's commentary. He's also, you know, he's doing a little bit of like, uh, he's doing a little theme exposition in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the, the dialogue that they, they wrote for him. But, uh, yeah, um, everyone is helping out Tony B. Like, it, it, you know, fucking Tony is supportive. Even though he's mad, he's supportive of his journey to mm-hmm. be a licensed masseuse.
3: He's gonna be a carp guy.
1: Yeah, he's gonna be he's, his koi guy. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's he's gonna give him a, 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 a he's gonna hook him up with a koi connect. Um, and uh, yeah, Question, and then
2: Vito, are koi expensive?
3: Oh yeah. I assume. Well, depends okay. what kind of koi, but yeah. They the can be ones. expensive. I think that's the whole yeah. thing, right? They grow really slow and so like the big ones are valuable. Are, oh. Is it true that if you put a goldfish in a big enough thing, it'll become one of those big goldfish? Yes. Is that true? Yeah.
1: What?
3: Okay. Yeah, they just keep growing.
1: Wait, really? No, I don't know. I don't think that don't means know, that so. if you put a goldfish in the ocean, it would be as big as a city. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. <laughs>
0: Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Moving on, uh, Vito is actually helping him in one of my favorite fucking scenes in uh, this episode, <laughs> where um, where Vito is doing the flashcards and Paulie and Chris are just surrounding him, just being like the perfect versions of each of their characters.
4: Even I notice. Fuck. Oh, fine. What is it? Biceps. Oh, fuck, I knew that. My mind's all over the place. Fear knocked at the door. Faith answered. There was no one there. Why do you want to do this <laughs> shit? So you could touch a bunch of strangers? You really skeeved the human body, don't you? You like this so much? Let me ask you a question. Why do piss and shit and fucking all happen within a two inch radius? Everybody asks that, Paulie. There's no answer for it. <laughs> They're all sources of pleasure, though. Kage? Get the fuck out of here. Sun Yon Ken, my boss, he's gonna back me on a whole storefront operation
1: looking for money why not come to me i mean they're all playing up their their exact characters in the most perfect way everybody asks this who asks that
2: (laughs) i've never asked that
1: vito is right how disgusted
2: polly is with the human body
1: yeah he really is i mean he's he's definitely like um oh look it's (laughs) vince if you show the dog in the middle of the podcast i'm gonna comment on (laughs) it you can't do that (laughs)
2: Got a little pee pee for me. <laughs> Got a little pee pee for me.
1: All right. So oh, baby. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. He's disgusted by the human body, um, <laughs> and he's disgusted by the idea of him of like Tony B wanting to just touch people. Um. Wait. Sorry. What's the radius thing? I don't understand. Well, he's saying uh, that pissing, shitting, and fucking all happen within a two-inch radius.
3: Right. Right. Because well, it's like. You well, have sex p- with the va- and- you have sex with the vagina, uh, and then they pee uh, from the butt, which is right there. Yeah, women pee from the butt. Everyone knows that, and it's all yeah, it's all right <laughs> next to each other.
2: I pee from my butt, but um, question, <laughs> uh, but then you can also have sex with the butt. Yeah,
3: exactly. you can. That's true. Yeah, they're all sources the- of pleasure, though, as Vito question. says, foreshadowing. Vito's
1: right about that. They are they are all sources of pleasure. I mean, like even if you're, you know like not talking about specifically doing butt play like shitting is pleasurable who doesn't like sure. to take a shit
3: yeah that's true
1: um Ugh. anyways so everyone's helping him out and he does he passes tony b passes uh his uh, ma- massage licensing exam um very unceremoniously the woman yeah i love
2: be- how realistic that <laughs> <Yeah>. was
1: <laughs> doesn't even look at him
2: yeah <laughs>
3: just, yeah i feel just, like that was is a very uh like libertarians would really hate this episode all of the licensing they'd be like oh yeah, yeah. couldn't he just yeah. open the massage store you don't need a license yeah. for that uh he wants to do it right he wants to get you know
1: he's he's tired of living that libertarian mafia lifestyle he gets his license and I think um, it's funny
2: that in the end he wanted to be a masseuse of all things.
1: Yeah, it is It is a wild choice. It was like one <laughs> of those perfect choices, I think, in terms of writing the character because it is so outside of the purview of uh, the world of the mafia. Um, yeah. Uh, Vince, feel free to take your shirt off. I can tell you're sweating ba- your balls off out there. It's very hot.
2: Yeah, Vince, take your shirt off. Do it.
1: Off. <laughs> Do it. Um, I'm sorry. At I least you guys aren't skeeved oh, out by God. the human body. I'm not skived out by your body. You've, you've got a great body. I mean, this is just going to be wild.
2: <laughs> I just couldn't handle it.
1: You freak. How yeah. dare you have a chest? I mean, it's just such a good chest. I got titties. I got to work out. I heard he pees from his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he passes his massage licensing exam. And, uh, you know, he's. He's getting, you know, prepared to open up this massage parlor with uh, Mr. Kim. And just when everything seems to be going well, uh, you know, Tony's got a koi guy for him. Uh, There's a really hot uh, Kim's daughter's really hot. So that's cool um Ugh,
2: but she's so lazy
1: she's very lazy and she
2: hates old cripples. she's people. just she
1: she doesn't like being sad from cripples uh everything's going well oh, and then he and his wife the tony b's wife or baby mama uh are walking and the drug dealer throws a bunch of money and drugs uh, a bag of money out and uh,
2: thoughts real quick mm-hmm. now would you if you were on the run from the police yes. would you be driving that erratically
1: I mean, I think th- it makes sense because the reason he's driving erratically is that he wants to get far away enough from where he throws the drug so they can't pin him on it. And so that way, even if they pull him over, what do they get him from, for speeding, but they don't get him for possession. Sure.
2: But he looks like he's like he's like Corella DeVille, you know, when she's yeah. Like yeah. on a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, like, And I was like, you don't need to be shaking the steering wheel it, that hard. Just it does drive. look like
1: he is on the road to doing dog murder. He's yeah
2: it's tri- like he's relax dri- dude he's
1: driving like a dog murderer but uh you know he's he's trying to get rid of the
3: drugs and uh and tony b's love- girlfriend uh <laughs> who we find out that he's met through some sort of app uh which yeah is-
1: through through a website through the internet
3: yeah she says he's you're doubly blessed which i thought was a good would have been, been a good episode title
1: yeah 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 he's doubly blessed he's doubly cursed um yeah at first she thinks it's a fetus which hilarious yeah Again, it's, like, oh, perfect God. perfect sign of the time because she's also, like, she is gives me real, like, evangelical Christian vibes mm-hmm. uh, without me actually knowing that or them actually explaining that in any way. I get the feeling that she's, like, an evangelical Christian and just through kind of, like, propaganda alone in the church, she's convinced that, like, you know, because of abortion, people are out there just throwing fetuses, like, on the ground, you know? Uh, you know, there's, like... I feel like dumpster babies were a meme back in the day for, for Christians. Yeah. You know what I mean? So no, it's not, it's not a fetus. It's a bag of money. And then, uh, then we watch Tony B um, transform rapidly into a a kind of a degenerate. He starts gambling. (laughs) He, he like, you know, uh, he buys Uh a suit. Um, He
2: immediately has like a gold suit. Like the worst. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what
1: the worst part of it is that like maybe it's just the worst part for me but like because he's still one foot in one foot out like he's still trying to be square um yeah but he also wants to look nice because of that he doesn't even get a stolen suit that he totally could have gotten a discount on from like you know like parisi's people or Mm -hmm. like one of the people like has you know cheap suits uh and uh but no he buys it like off the rack and gets it custom made, and you just know, like, oh, he's spending extra money he doesn't even have to, because he has And it's
2: twelve k. It's not
1: that much. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like twelve k is such a meager amount. It's like <laughs> it's just so sad to throw your whole life away for twelve k. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, he, he he starts gambling. He gets the suit. He's gets some new shoes, um, and every day after you know spending all night gambling. He wakes up and he goes back to work doing laundry and he just you see the resentment starting to grow, um, which is uh, which is a resentment that I think everyone has. But not everyone else has the option to make way more money doing something way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> um.
3: So uh, eventually, uh, I mean, you, you see, see the draw of the mafia in this episode, which is that uh, you can basically do nothing like you don't need to go to work. Right. You can stay all night gambling and then, uh, mange and sleep for 14 hours.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful life. And I, you know, I, I don't understand. I mean, I could see how it would be appealing and you wouldn't want to leave it. Um, and then no, sadly, no. could
2: you? I don't see it. Like, to me, I was like, you're going to stay up all night and gamble. Like, it's not,
3: <sighs> yeah, well, not for him. Fun. Yeah. Also, like the staying up all night thing, um, I mean yeah. I'm younger than they are and I cannot imagine like staying up all night and then uh, like pulling an all nighter yeah. and then going to work the next day there's no way.
1: But you know these guys don't really have you know they're not thinking about the next day, you know, they're thinking about uh <sighs> yeah. you know the next uh, the next envelope. That's what matters to these guys. Mm. So so to wrap up Tony B's storyline, um Tony B gets sucked back in. He loses all the money
3: except for $400. Um, yeah, it's like I'm not an idiot. I kept four hundred dollars of the twelve grand.
1: Yeah, which uh, you know, that's uh significantly less than twelve grand. And uh he's mid like painting, you know, the fucking the, the massage parlor, and Kim shows up uh and just tries to, you know, do some idle conversation with him and Tony B well he gets pulled back in.
4: Hey, Henry Poe, big entrepreneur. I like color. My friend, uh, Pac, come by? Fix should toilet? It's not fixed. He's got to come back with a fucking part. Oh. Pac, he go to plumber. Right over here. Where's the Caldwell? West Caldwell, West Caldwell. <laughs> West Caldwell. So, partner, we open in three days, huh? Oh, oh. Fucking stroll in. I'm over here busting my fucking ass. You fucking, what? Oh, you fucking, laundry fucking oh.
3: I like that. In the middle of that, he neglected to imagine that Mr. Kim might know martial arts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's also like another weird racist <laughs> yeah. stereotype. Yeah. They're like, and, like <laughs> and you know what? He actually knows how to uh, fight back with. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know it was just like oh he did like okay. a
3: block he did like, he did yeah. like a block and then like a punch in the stomach it was pretty good yeah no yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i mean you know everybody was kung fu fighting and uh <laughs> yeah and exactly. and i i like in that scene it's like you know oh shit he's gone as soon as he starts going What's call, call wow what's call wall you know like making fun of his accent That's when you really are like, ah, shit. He resisted for so, I mean, like every single scene with Mr. Kim, you know, this guy is like having to, he's really, he's just Anna's dad. He's just has to be like, yeah, I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to say this. And then as soon, as soon as he says Wes Caldwell, that's it. And uh, yeah, he beats the shit out of Kim. And then he, uh, he goes over to Tony and is like, hey, what about this airbag scam you got going, and uh, and Tony tells him he's like, you know, it's tough doing business with people who aren't your family, and uh, and all I could think is like, how much of your business with your family ends in bloodshed, bro? <laughs> like, yeah. the worst that can happen to you when you do business outside of your family uh, is you know the business doesn't go well, someone maybe screws you out of some money, you know, you, you end up in court litigation. Like with you guys, it's death. People die.
3: So. Yeah, I mean, the whole uh, like the whole thing with their entire social circle is that they they like prey on their social circle and so like mm-hmm. they don't see even with Carmela, like there's no separation between like people that you get favors from and and uh, and lean on. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no separation between that and like friends and acquaintances, right, right,
1: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of Carmela, uh, let's get into her
3: storyline. She finally gets this... to get some, which was very exciting.
1: Oh, uh, Carmela getting some dick is maybe the best I've felt in years. Every time uh, I watch this episode, I'm like so happy. And the beauty, for her to uh, get... yeah,
3: the beauty of this whole storyline yeah. is um, that these are these are like the good characters in The Sopranos uh, mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, so you like, you're sort of rooting for them to get together and yet like, be- like immediately from the first, like they're both mm-hmm. such clueless assholes with each other. They're both yeah. only, uh, like seeing what they want in the other person and not the other person's, uh, w- what they want. And like they're, yeah they're not seeing each other as people at all. It's no, they're, no, yeah.
1: they're both, they're both after something and, and it's not. That's not to say it's bad to necessarily have expectations of someone or want something from someone in in some fashion. Because like uh, like, uh, Carm wants uh wants to be with somebody outside of Tony, right? right? I mean, that's what she wants. She wants to feel loved. She wants to feel sexy. She wants to feel wanted. Um, all very like I think. Yeah, she can't shut
3: up about AJ every time they're together. Yeah. Like Jesus, yeah. give this guy a break
1: yeah and that's you know i think that's how dare you that's the downfall you know how
2: dare you vince (laughs) carmella is a mother that's right okay (laughs) everything about anthony is just like he's such a like he's so tony soprano's little shithead son (laughs) yeah yeah like, Carmela deserves a medal, okay? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. But to one, be married to a trash bag mo- uh, mobster. Yeah. And then you got fucking Anthony running around like, wow oh, uh, like pissed about everything, <laughs> pissed about smoking cereal. weed at his communion. Like, he's just like, he's just a little shithead. Y- y- and she's like, this fool's not gonna be able to get into Arizona State.
3: <laughs> yeah. Are you
2: kidding? That's like your you have you have so little faith in your child's Mm. like survival that you're like please arizona state please god arizona state (laughs) let this little idiot in that you you want him to go to a college that's going to make him potentially even more shitty
3: yeah please just let him go to college with some (laughs) aspiring porn stars yeah Yeah, right
2: (laughs) it's like she has nothing yeah. For this kid, she's just ho- trying to hold on to sanity for this And Anth- Anthony is notoriously like the worst like TV son you could have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's probably worse, but Anthony's a fucking little shithead. He yeah.
3: is, but they also have given his character like a like a slight extra layer in this episode. Like he mm-hmm. he's he's still the the you know, penultimate or the ultimate shithead son, like the pinnacle of yeah the kid that you don't want to have, but he's also getting like legitimate laugh lines in, uh, in this episode. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. he, his, his shithead behavior in this episode is so fucking funny. We, we open, uh, with, uh, AJ, uh, and Tony, um, like he's literally complaining about not having the correct breakfast foods. Like he's mad yeah. about it and he's just bitching about it. And they have this, this fantastic scene. I have a I have a clip.
4: I told you, right at that, I'll have to go pick up whatever you want. She doesn't know the difference between food roll-ups and Pop-Tarts. I know, everybody's an idiot to you. You know, they got these places called supermarkets where you go and you buy the things that you like. And when am I supposed to do that? <laughs> well, as far as I can tell, you spend most of your time on a phone. Dad coming home drunk sounds like you. What the fuck did you say to me? What the fuck, Oh with What? Or what? <laughs> what are these days... Wait! I'm gonna kick the fucking ass! What's wrong with it right now, then? Huh? What's wrong with it right now? Come on! Now you got nothing.
1: Throwing out his cereal <laughs> is maybe the most <laughs> violent thing Tony's ever done. <laughs> like on this show like it's one thing to like beat up your son and just like throw him against the wall uh for for being you know insolent but man dude he just took his cereal and threw it out the window
3: yeah well the part where uh aj crossed the line is that now his jokes at the expense of his parents are actually landing and uh, right that just makes them hate him so much more
1: yeah, yeah, they they hate him on a, a real deep level because you know that's the thing with most families. Like family can really say the thing <laughs> that fucks you up, uh, yeah. but you don't want to say that to Tony. Um, so uh, yeah, that leads to like Carm actually uh, having a sit down with uh, <laughs> with Tony and AJ and uh, and you know AJ wanting to move back home and uh, it's it's very cute and it's a nice it wraps a nice little bow on that storyline of like AJ living in the Soprano bachelor pad um <laughs> yeah. the chickens and, are coming home to roost now yeah yeah cuz uh you know now Carm is getting in this kind of like uh furtive relationship yeah mm-hmm. I learned a word mm-hmm. um, yeah with- and i was talking
3: <laughs> about you know Carm not giving it a rest you know talking about AJ meanwhile mm-hmm. like Bob Mr. Wagner cannot give it a Waggler. fucking rest with the uh with the Bear.
1: <laughs> this fucking
3: dude like he clear like he you know he's such a fuckboy he comes he's, up with like some good explanations of why he wants to fuck Carmela but they're not really true like he is no, trying to like he's running game yeah and he's like he's trying to run his soft boy game on Carmela and it's not really <laughs> working at all
1: i yeah. mean I think it works like Carm's trying to fuck. But the problem is, is that he's using like the, the, the level of like game that he's throwing down on her is not necessary. You know, like she doesn't yeah. have to read fucking Madame Bovary. He's
3: used to trying to fuck at like English uh, teacher conferences. And she's yes. like, yeah, I don't really care about Madame Bovary. Is this kind of weird that you, yeah. that you made, you tried to make me read a book. I told you I didn't like it. And then as a gift, uh, you bought me, like, a first edition of Madame yeah. Bovary, and she's like... You bought she's, me a
1: worse Bovary. She's
3: just like, yeah, this would look great in a den. Basically, like, this is the grown-up <laughs> version of AJ buying her The Matrix on DVD.
2: Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. she,
3: like, she doesn't have any interest in Madame fucking Bovary, but this guy, he keeps going with it. Like, he... It's like he has one move and even when he sees it not working, he can't deviate from it.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. It is, it is just, it's AJ buying his mom, the matrix, and then immediately opening it up and watching the matrix. It's like, yeah, it is, uh, it it is, it's all for show. It's all for perception. And he doesn't need to work that hard. Like, she's like, no, I'm already into you. Right. You don't have, you don't have to send me books. Uh, uh give me book re- i don't need a syllabus in he's order like, to fuck you sh- he's like, like college, uh, you have yeah. leather yeah. shoulder pads uh, le- le- leather elbow pads this is you're hot i get right it
3: he's like a perfect. college guy who like he's already got the girl back to his room and he keeps playing dave matthews band like on his acoustic guitar <laughs> and the girl's just like hey i'm here i want to fuck now i don't even care about dave matthews like stop and he's it. like
1: <laughs> oh but i also learned all of crash <laughs>
2: uh, um God, if a guy handed me Madame Bovary, I would be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why would you give me this fucking book?" Yeah, because also like of all the books, I mean, like he could have given her something contemporary, but no, he's given her the full Flaubert.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about Madame Bovary. Uh, It's is it a book about fucking?
3: I mean, it has ovary in the title almost.
1: That's so, what I said. Yeah. I was like, it's got to be. It's like about a madam's ovaries. No, he likes, getting...
3: he, he clearly has, they've established that he likes books about like yearning and- uh, Right.
2: God, what is it about? It's about like a bored woman Yeah, or it's something. like about a repressed
3: know. lady who has like affairs in her mind, I think oh okay yeah so it, i've never it, read so it, is. it i don't 100% know
1: okay so it's part of the game then it's like it's all part of like uh you know do you see a little bit of yourself in here you horny little it's also Dave?
3: like i don't know if it's if david <laughs> chase is like obsessed with flow bear but there was like a whole interlude with the fucking poison Madeleine with uh Milfie, and now uh we've got more flow bear oh right
1: yeah yeah yeah, it's it's uh whatever, it's like, you know, it's intellectuals, it's the intellectual mating dance. It's like, you know, everyone puts up their fucking trapper keepers and makes a bunch of pretty colors and then all the hall monitors try to fuck.
3: Yeah. Anyways. I mean, it's it's kind of like when Aaron Sorkin references like the same five fucking books and everything that he writes. Uh yeah. it's that but not as obnoxious. Yeah.
1: Um so, uh Wegler's moves are definitely working on him uh on on her. Uh she, you know, she goes into like talk, you know, the cover stories they're going in to talk about AJ. Carm actually does care about talking about AJ, but mostly Wegler just wants her to come over and um and she finally does. Uh, Carm has sex with Wegler. You see mm-hmm. her fucking you know pillow talk it's mostly about AJ and has clearly Um, just
3: been going nuts on like the Stairmaster or whatever she's doing she looks fit as hell in this episode she looks
1: great um, and then, you know, Carm sneaks back home after fucking uh, Wegler and just stares at a picture of Tony and AJ on a fishing trip and immediately gets the handgun from the <laughs> living room.
2: Yeah, could you explain that to me? Like, what was that moment for her? Like, she got scared? She scared
3: like... of Tony. I mean, like, she had the whole oh. conversation with Wegler. She's like uh yeah i should probably warn you that you might get killed for fucking me and then wagler kind of just like waves it off like i'm sure like the that wouldn't play too well uh with the admissions department at arizona state and it's like bro you think that tony soprano gives a fuck about that do you think that's gonna save you like this guy (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. yeah again it's like that character uh it's that character from, from, from Die Hard who tries to reason with, yep. uh, you know, it's like there's so many of these characters who are just like, I think in this day and age, uh, violence isn't real. And, right. you know like yeah, it's it's people with egos especially when you're smart or you know uh, you're an academic your ego is telling you i could outsmart the violent people you know you feel like you're gonna mm-hmm. be able to 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 fucking bugs bunny your way out of any right. fucking situation
2: okay that makes sense because at first i was like is she just realizing she's alone so she needs the gun because she's scared mm-hmm. but that makes sense now that she's actually realizing that tony could find out and get upset yeah i mean he. Yeah.
3: Got it. I mean, he chased, well, he didn't chase Furio anywhere, but he made a lot of idle threats about Furio mm, yeah. just for them having, just for her saying that she was attracted to him. And that was right. enough for him to go nuts.
1: Yeah. So what is he going right. to do, you know, if fucking she finds out, he finds out that she's fucking someone? Especially I mean, Holly had dude.
3: some knuckleheads chase a principal through the halls of the high school just so. Uh, just to get the principal to ask his mom to be nicer to Polly's mom, you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, like these people will do violence for menial shit, which uh, is one of my favorite things about this show. Um, but also uh, in that picture, not to get all arty, but uh, she's literally looking at Tony Soprano and a fish. And there's, you know, a little bit of like sleeping with the fishes, you know, mm. I don't know, you know, but uh, like- yeah. You know, like art, the way art works is sometimes there is a symbol. (laughs) And 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 Tony
3: has such a stupid look on that, on his face in that picture, which uh, makes it so much better. Like he's got the perfect, like, dorky dad just caught a fish look on his face.
1: Right. But, uh, you know, he's a murderer. So, um, (laughs) Carm, we we get a little bit of Father Phil in this episode. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I I love the return of Father Phil. Yeah, because he's such a, he's such he's a chill. He's such a bitch. Like, yeah. I mean,
3: Carmela did start that conversation with, yeah. I thought he was gay. I totally thought he was gay at first. He totally yeah. reminded me of you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was the best. That that was an L O L moment for me. I guffawed.
1: Yeah. yeah, that it's it's so it's so perfect too because you know like. Father Phil, obviously, is going to take offense to that on multiple levels. One, obviously, he's a Catholic priest, and he thinks that, like, you know, being called gay is uh, a sin. Uh, but he's also, like, bro, I could have fucked you. Like, he's, like, looking, <laughs> he's looking at Carmela like, I could have had that. You yeah, know, cause and meanwhile, he,
3: she's, like, totally making fun of him. Like, hey, remember when you, like, came in your pants? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, yeah, Father Phil's being a total fucking you know dickhead uh about it is like you know maybe we should bring tony in on this conversation and she immediately senses hostility she immediately is like why, why do you have that in your voice which part of me i was like Carm, you got to know what you're doing here right like you're telling father phil a fucking catholic priest and a friend but a, a catholic priest about this yeah he
3: was never a friend he is an acquaintance who wants to fuck her
1: yeah i know but that's the thing even that it's like you know this guy wants to you know wanted to fuck like why are you i don't know it seemed like kind of uh, hostility was going to come with the territory sure. even for Also, a i don't
2: i don't trust him oh no oh, yeah. uh, no you shouldn't Snitch.
1: he's he's not uh he's not a trustworthy guy um but uh yeah so after she has sex she immediately goes to father phil and just rubs it in his face carmella i had sex with that man
4: big success journey
1: and uh, then there's a scene where uh, Ro is, you know, telling Carm to be careful, and uh, AJ comes home first from school. <laughs> After Carm is saying all these nice things about Weggler and like having sex uh, with him, yeah, uh, AJ immediately comes home and just starts calling him gay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I have a I have a, a clip of that.
4: Uh, I will say that he took his time. I ain't not getting off that easy. Come on, details, come on. Hello there. Hey, A.J. Hey, bro. How was school? Sucked. Mr. Wegler pulled me out of language lab to go over my term paper notes. I didn't have my stuff with me, so he puts his faggy hand on my shoulder and says, do your best. Oh, that's his job, to get you into college. Or maybe he's just a big homo.
3: Kage? <laughs> I I like this because, do you remember Idiocracy? Uh, of course. Like, yes. I, I was like the I exact same thought. Well, Luke Wilson like comes back from the future and uh, or, or comes back from comes uh, whatever he's f- frozen unfrozen he in the future, future and yeah, he's using yeah. like regular words but to all the future dumbasses he sounds yes. like he's super smart and they all they all think he's gay because he keeps <laughs> using big words. It's like Mr. Wegler doesn't realize that he is in an idiocracy and everyone thinks he's a homo because he keeps talking about Flaubert.
1: It's a. Um, that's the first thing I thought is that everyone is Justin Long's character, the doctor <laughs> yeah, in Idiocracy, where they're up. like, "Yeah, the the problem uh, is that you talk like a fag and your shits all retarded." <laughs> like that <laughs> that is it's that wild. is exactly what everyone they just assume because he's smart and he knows about Flaubert that he must be gay, um, and uh, and yeah, actually, Mr. Wegler calls in the middle of this conversation where uh tony finds a, uh, an essay on lord of the flies that aj forgot to take from his uh from his house before he moved back and you know Carm's world about aj all of all of her delusions about him just being kind of like oh you know he fell in with a bad crowd or whatnot he would never cheat you know <laughs> uh it's just coming crashing down and uh And Wegler calls um, right in the middle of that and wanting a a little bit of sexy time. And uh, I I have a clip.
4: Hello? What are you wearing? Yes, hello,
2: Mr. Wegler. Hi, I'm afraid now is not a good time.
4: What are you wearing?
2: Uh, Well, yes,
0: thank you very much. I will make sure that he brings it in. What are you wearing? Okay, goodbye, Mr. Wegler.
4: I made reservations at that crab place down by the shore.
2: Right, okay, thank you.
4: What are you wearing? Put <laughs> that fag one?
2: Jesus Christ, oh Tony. Everybody's God. a fag to you.
0: You know, maybe you're a fag. You ever think about that?
4: Can I help it if I know one when I see one?
0: Oh, no, really? What are the signs?
4: Education, culture? Sucking a guy's cock usually tips me off. <laughs>
1: Just, yeah, and, uh,. Tony is constantly calling people gay who he sees in any way as a sexual threat, not just as a smart person. Mm -hmm. Like he was calling like a park ranger gay at one point (laughs) right? because a park ranger like was too smiley at Carm uh, earlier in the season. So I think that's just his uh, he's trying to poison the well on any men in her life by just associating them with gayness,
3: Uh, which traditionally
1: has not worked well. Yeah. But that's that, that's my you know. That, but that,
2: everyone's gay to them.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like, I
2: think Anthony thinks he's gay. Yeah. They just call like any like dude who's like not associated with their family a homo.
1: No, they think everyone's gay. I mean, I, I think it's just like in general, like the the Medigan, like just like <laughs> non Italians are. I wonder if that's a thing. If like if if you went to Italy do they just look at anyone who's not Italian and they just be like bunch of gay people over here? Is there, I I mean, I don't know what that is. There is kind of like a tough guy thing in general where most tough there is, guys, but think, there's
3: also like a being very vain and wearing loud silk shirts thing. So I don't know how the, how that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you square that? Like Italians wearing silk and calling other people gay. Well, I, I mean, think you
3: put that on, on them. I don't know that they necessarily do that.
1: Oh,
2: wow cancel (laughs) um i will say that like iranian men are like very like touchy feely with each other like it's just culturally like everyone is like they'll like hold hands and like hang out and put their arms around each other and like you know kiss each other on the cheeks and stuff like they're very like um physically emotive Mm -hmm. uh with their friends and Still, like a lot of like extreme toxic masculinity.
3: Yeah. In a way. Like, right. well, the most hetero thing you can so, do is be super homoerotic with your male friends.
2: Right. And it's also the most Scorsese thing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, it's like you read a book, you're gay. Like, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fair enough, though. That's true. Yeah. yeah so the thing it's was, actually, yeah. but it's not a stereotype. It's fact. It's a fact. That's why I listen to audiobooks. Because I'm straight. Oh
2: wow, that's re- like super straight of you. Re- reading
1: with your eyes is that's gay, <laughs> but <laughs> listening, that's so I could work out at the same time, right?
3: Which isn't gay. There's what nothing were you
2: gay say? about that.
3: <laughs> I was just gonna say like the interaction when Tony find when Tony and Carm find the essay that AJ's obviously like mm-hmm. bought online in order to cheat. Because like mm-hmm. in that moment, Carm is uh like her world's crumbling because he's you know aj's terrible whereas tony's just kind of like hey you know uh he's 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 growing up my little boy's growing up he's he's trying to cut corners like uh like yeah. he's been taught his whole life
1: yeah he's a little bit proud of
3: it yeah uh, yeah it, which is
1: i mean you know it, it makes sense uh you know life Ugh, will-
2: and we're tough on karm look what she's Dealing with you guys, she deserves a medal. Yeah. She
3: she really a she medal. really does. I she, she getting... should
2: have fucked for you. She
3: does deserve a medal, but you also, um, <laughs> she's made this this bed for herself. Like she, you know, <gasps> she has the whole she has That's... the whole teary conversation with her dad about how no one's ever gonna like look at her. People mm-hmm. are always gonna look at her in a certain way because she was married to Tony Soprano for all these years, mm. and right. uh, and you're kind of like yeah that's true like <laughs> yeah i mean it <laughs> you sucks. that
1: it does suck but it is uh yeah i mean it kind of comes with the territory so you uh, I it's like i don't know what to tell you <laughs> and he literally just walks out of the room yeah. he's just like no, yeah, yeah 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 that is uh true anyways bye <laughs> 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 um but before that happens uh you know karm comes over and tries to have sex um, uh, or con she, she wants to have sex, but then she pulls back because she's like, Oh, what about AJ? And I don't know what's going to happen. And, and, um, you know leaves leaves Wegler unsatisfied um and he literally is like come on man like she, he like pulls like a Biden it was just like he's just like, come on man like he's he, he, hmm. he is mad about it so he immediately goes over to Fisk uh who needs to you know like this is a grade that AJ is counting on in order to actually be eligible for college uh for Arizona State and he <laughs> he puts the squeeze on him and is like come on you know give him a c minus and uh i guess he does do that and um and then karm jumps his bones in the next scene uh clearly very happy that he did that for her um and after sex once again she just keeps talking about her shithead little son and wiggler has had it he can't take it anymore and they have this Great breakup scene that I have a clip of. You're a
2: user.
4: I don't know any
1: other way to put this.
4: I think you're a user, Carmella. What? Maybe you saw an opportunity in me and you just took what you needed.
2: How could asking someone you're with for help be using them? That's what people do. Bob, this hurts.
4: You strong-armed me using the only weapon you have, your pussy. How dare you talk to me that way? Okay, let's pretend you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. You're pussy.
2: Of course, I don't have a <laughs> fucking master's degree.
4: Leaving me with a massive heart on the other night and then practically attacking me sexually after you got you your pussy. You know what, Bob? <laughs> pussy. You are fucked up. Pussy, 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 pussy. You need help, you know that? Pussy. Fucking idiot I am. You're pussy. <laughs> I just thought you should know how I feel.
3: Fuck you.
1: <laughs> You're pussy. You know, you know, there's something <laughs> something kn- about David straight and saying <laughs> saying pussy. I know. You're pussy. He even says that word as that character, he even says the word pussy kinda gay. And I don't mean that in like a derogatory way, but like it's like he's uh he had no confidence in the word pussy when he said the word <laughs> pussy. <laughs> yeah. You're like pussy. he you know, like he hasn't said it out loud in years. Uh and his mind wanted to, his mouth wanted to say vulva, but Ugh. but he knew he had to like it was a breakup, so he had to say something manly. Um are pussy, and he really was a wolf in sheep's
3: clothing. He, sh- that's yeah. how yeah. Carm yeah. describes him. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much Flaubert you've read, uh, he gets left with he gets left with a hard on, quote unquote, once, and he immediately like turns into the fuck. He's
2: he- toxic. He sucks. He was
3: the user. Yeah, no, he immediately turned into like a like a dazed and confused character after like one one blue ball. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, and it was also like after him choosing to help out um, to to help out AJ with you know help out Carm with AJ's grade, and he acts like he did this like fucking. Like he did extortion. That's like the most annoying part of it is that he is like every time I think about, you know, putting the arm on on Mr. Fisk, I wanna like poke my eyes out or some overly dramatic oh. fucking mm-hmm. probably Greek based violent thing he read. And uh like you
3: you, know, you uh you cheapened your uh your standards at the private school you work at like oh i'm sure i'm sure you've yeah. never had an instance of grade inflation at like the expensive right, exactly. private high school
1: uh, i think he's mostly just sick of hearing about aj and realizing this was a huge mistake um so she cries about it and you know talks to um talks to her father and her father just goes yep is like well yeah oh, was- okay yeah, bonehead move. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, anyways, um, did you uh did you have a a favorite or least favorite scene, Anna?
2: Maybe the the finding of the money. Yeah, I don't know. it's thing's so funny about that when she thought it was a fetus. Like <laughs> it's just so strange how the car was driving off. Like it yeah. was just such a like batshit moment. Yeah. I enjoy it. I laughed. I was like, what are the odds? then they just like threw the drugs.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that isn't a... <laughs> Okay. Uh Vince, do you have a, a favorite, least favorite?
3: Oh, my least favorite is when they're doing like the they're doing the classic like people falling in love montage uh with Wegler and Karm and they show yeah. them feeding each other, which I feel like they do that Ugh. they do that in every romantic montage in movies where they show the people feeding each other and it's yeah. like why does that equal romance it's a weird and thing
1: th- and not only that but the food on face I have a very specific Ugh, thing about yeah. food on face
3: that's not cute don't ever put food in my face don't ever put versa. food on my face yeah.
1: don't have, Don't you ever fucking do that alright
3: yeah. never do that,
1: that. <laughs> I have never had Stupid. the love of my life feed me while we're laughing no <laughs>
2: funny imagery
1: yeah that's you know that because it's ridiculous That's choke uh, but you know maybe i've just never experienced real love though um yeah i have no least favorite scene and um you know i just think it's a great episode probably one of my favorite it's an all-time it's an all-time great in my opinion um so i don't know i think i'd give it a b plus uh vince what would you give this episode
3: yeah i mean it's hard to find any faults with this episode at all, and that's why I give it a solid B plus.
1: All right, okay, that's good. Uh, Anna, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a rating? I'd give it a
2: C minus.
1: God damn you.
2: You know why? Because I'm a user, okay? <laughs> and I won't stop. Yeah. And I don't care if you guys have a little bit going on. <laughs> you know what? I'm giving it a C minus, because this episode is going to
1: Arizona State, baby, okay? <laughs> All right, that's fair. Okay, no, no, that's totally fine. You can give it that. Oh, Mr. Wegler has come over here. What's that, Mr. Wegler? Oh, you want to bump that grade up to a B plus? I guess we have to do it. He's giving me Oh, Matt Fredo Corleone Lee here. You fucking used your only weapon, you pussy. You pussy, 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 pussy. All right. This has been an A plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Uh, Anna, where can people find you on the internet or in real life? What's um, your don't address? don't ever
2: fucking find <laughs> me in real life. I swear to fucking god. I am so horrible in person. Um mm. you can find me on Twitter at Anna Hostier, A-N-N-A-H-O-S-S-N-I-E-H. I'm on there tweeting about all my lovely, lovely works. Plural, um, I have a podcast ethnically ambiguous that you can check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about being a person of color in America. Oh my God, you guys love it. Uh, Matt leap was it. on it once, even though he's not a person of color. But you know what? Hey, Sometimes you let a white guy on if he threatens
1: you. Enough. You know, I'm a person um, of colorful. Yeah, yeah
2: sure, but we were really just trying to get closer to Francesca. But anyway, we also. <laughs> I also have a, a Twitch show every Tuesday night called Deckhead's Chief Stews, where me and my co-host Molly Lambert talk a lot about Bravo TV and the show Below Deck. Oh, That's yeah. right. We just love well, yeah, dude. boats, baby. We're just big boat bitches. Okay. <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah. I produce a bunch of podcasts, but who cares? Because I'm not the host and no one cares about people who aren't the host. Well, right? I care
1: that you're gainfully employed at podcasting. Who knew you could do that? Um, so, you know, ever hear of any jobs for me and Vince? (laughs) (laughs) Nope.
2: Sorry, but I'm gatekeeping.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As well you should. As well you should. (laughs) Patreon.com slash broadcasts. It is where we live and die, baby. No gainful employment for us. Uh, the $8 tier gets you a shout out. And Vince, this week, Uh we have three three more $8 Pod yourself a shout out. So are you ready for this? Woo, <laughs> yourself I, a shout I, out. Sure. All right.
3: The first is Sam Ennis. Oh, Ennis. Remember Ennis Cosby? How he died. We call this guy, the Cosby show.
1: Wow. <laughs> All right. It is a gang name. So I kind of get it. Uh, next one is Lewis. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, Lewis. Uh you know, Lewis, we call him uh we call him, you know, Louis Ears. Oh, it is hot. I can tell it's
1: hot. <laughs> is that Lewis Farrakhan? Uh just Lewis. Huh,
2: okay. It's probably Farrakhan. But I like
1: that.
3: You yeah, know. we call him
2: Farrakhan.
1: <laughs> Cause Lewis. All right. Uh last one, <laughs> uh, and this is a, a softball for you, because this is uh uh this one we had last week. Uh, they edited their tier down, but they edited it down to $8. So I think we have to say it again. I don't know. I felt like I shut them out. Um, again, it's, uh, James Lazor.
3: Yeah. I mean, didn't we nickname this guy, the recliner? You, I think we did. Um, but I mean, uh, <laughs> how can you, how can you beat that as a nickname? Yeah.
1: Also, you know what? I don't really want to encourage people, uh, editing their pledges down <laughs> to, to $8. <laughs> if you were at somewhere else. Um, but I guess it's like, if you were going to edit it down anyways, and you didn't want to go to five and you were like, I still want to give them more for a shout out Yeah. James Lazor, the recliner. Thank you again for not canceling, but instead just making it go down a little bit. That's appreciated. James, you can edit it down all you want. No, no. Do not listen to the gainfully employed (laughs) person. you don't need this we literally need this
2: (laughs) i'm just joking edit it back up because i personally also have a patreon i won't plug it though because i'm not a monster okay (laughs) thank you go to their patreon give them money please do for i personally only charge 25 cents
1: unbelievable do not listen to a (laughs) word she says Patreon.com slash broadcast broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. There will be a mailbag episode coming up in two weeks, fellas Mm. and ladies and everyone else. Uh, So go to broadcast at gmail.com. We'll not go to enter that in the in the subject. Well, not in the subject line. You know, send an email to us um, (laughs) and uh, and we will be reading them in a couple of weeks for the mailbag episode.
3: Uh, Vince, what is the Google voice number? 415-275-0030.
1: All right, everybody. It's hot as fuck outside, and we're trying to live our lives. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Carmella, AJ is trying. Just look at the essay he's writing He's reading the Lord of the Flies and Okay he might be plagiarizing Oh! oh, oh, oh. But a bee. Now Wegler will beg her to read Bovary He's a regular handler to her Heloise Now Fagula Wegler is sleeping with she But why did she leave? Carmella feeling hella guilty, guilty. So Wagler helps, they take it a C. Carmella used her only weapon, her pussy. Call me Carmella. Call me Eloise, call me manipulative, Madame Bavary. Call me a sinner, call me divorcee. But don't talk about my pussy, you better watch your back. Call yourself a god. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Call yourself a gun. And give us five stars and tell your friends about the podcast. Please, for the love of God.